Hello and welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. We are the podcast that aims to educate our listeners on the variety of opportunities available in the music industry by really getting beneath what job titles actually mean. This week, we are joined by Alex Ampofo. Alex is a live music promoter and also the founder of Women Connect, a female forward collective. She is also the founder of an award-winning events company called Acoustic Live. In addition to that, Alex has now been enlisted to work with UNICEF Music Group, focusing on harnessing the power of music to help children and families affected by war and disaster. I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. It was an absolute privilege to chat to Alex. Alex, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. You've had such an amazing career and I'm, yeah, really, really looking forward to sharing your story with our listeners. Well, I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. You are so welcome. Okay, so let's get started. Um, at the beginning of your career, there is a lot to cover. But yeah, actually, let's start at university. So I feel like this kind of feeds into several things that you've done in your career. So you, know, you, you studied leadership and business management at university. What was the reason for choosing that course? Because um, you've obviously been very entrepreneurial, you've set up many initiatives and yeah, there's always been like a common thread in there of like diversity and inclusion, supporting others and um, supporting the creative community specifically. Well, I chose that course because I wanted something I could fall back on and it was broad enough to like kind of go into any sector if the music stuff didn't work out because I always knew I wanted to be in the music industry but I wouldn't say I necessarily knew like all of the roles and jobs that were available to me at the time because it was still like like a secret society that no one really knew like you know you could be an artist like manager on an A&R I don't do any of those things and I didn't have an interest in being you know anyone's manager or, or going into A&R and honestly I just picked <laughs> a course that I could fall back on just in case um the music stuff didn't work out but I mean everything I learned on that course has helped me now, like, has been really beneficial. Like, I know how to run a business. It helped me set up my charity and, like, do my taxes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't regret going. Amazing. Um, and, you know, touching on, you know, what you just said just now in terms of, like, A&R and artist management, or is that wasn't something that pulled you into the industry. So what was it that was your big break in music? How did you get involved in this space? I've got like two stories um, and they kind of align, but like the first one is, um, you know, I was preparing for like my second year of uni and um, I remember getting a job in a bar in Shoreditch somewhere because I just love live music and the bar needed like um, staff and waitresses and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to apply. And then I got the job and I started working there. I can't even remember which bar it was. I don't think it exists anymore, um, unfortunately. But yeah, I started working there and that was kind of one of the breaks into the industry I had because I met so many people working on that bar, like bands who'd come to play, managers who'd pop in for a drink and have their meetings and stuff, agents who would come and check out the bands. So that's how I got to, I guess, make a lot of my industry connections that I even still have now. And the second kind of story is I started working um, at um, Box Park 
running um, something called Acoustic Afternoon. Um, so it was four racks on the lineup every single Sunday for about five, six years um, at Box Park Shoreditch and Box Park Cruden. And um, I just met literally so many people there as well. And the person who kind of helped me get into the job that I have now, um, I met them at Box Park as well. So, and then those those two things like align. <laughs> ah, incredible. So networking has always been at the heart of where you are today. Yeah, I definitely say so. Just getting to know the people in the buildings because I'm not the greatest networker, I'll be honest. Like when it's kind of overt and you have to network or you're in a space where because I love a networking event but I wouldn't say I'm like the most confident person or I find it easy to just talk to people so that organic kind of networking has definitely helped me wow that's too funny that you say that has not been my impression of you at all people always say that like my partner when we were first started dating he would say things like oh my gosh like you're so confident like you're so popular da, 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 da. they have like so many friends and all these like different things and like I do have loads of friends and I do you know interact with people but inside I'm sweating and shaking <laughs> like like you know I can I think I could put on a good front that's amazing you and so many other people in this industry <laughs> you have to because when you're being asked to like cover someone's show and you don't know the agent you don't know the manager or the band like Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Shyness is not going to cut it. You have to like, you know, make things happen. So yeah, no, that's so true. Going on to Acoustic Live. So Acoustic Live was an events company that you set up back in 2013 now. Yeah, 2013. So was that something that you had set up alongside this role in Shoreditch or was it something that you kind of thought, now that I'm working at Box Park and I'm kind of in there and meeting lots of people and like experiencing this part of an industry that you really are enjoying. Was it something that you set up to grow in that space and kind of try and build your career in an area which was quite early on at the time? It was super early. To be honest, I think I was maybe like 17 or 80. Um when Acoustic Live, like, we first had the idea, it's like me and my brother, we first had this idea, and um, we just didn't have a name for it, so we were kind of already operating in that space where, you know, the bar that I I was working at um, at uni, like, they would ask, okay, 
can you organise an evening here for this poet, for example? Or there'd be different spaces in predominantly Shoreditch, like East London was where we were doing most of our work with Acoustic Live. We'd just be paid to go to different spaces and host events there and like bring people in. So we were already kind of operating as a company, but we didn't really understand or like he's only a few years older than me so it was still like quite new to us and then when we um started working with Box Park more regularly um that's when we were like hey cool like we have to establish like what exactly is this because we've now taken it to a different space and something that we're doing literally every single Sunday in in both of their sites so we have to kind of make it a little bit more official but it already had a name by that point and we had an aim like we wanted it to be a space for um, people of our demographic to be able to go to for free because around the time of me being 17-ish a lot of the um, funding for like the arts um, funding was um, cut a lot of the youth clubs um, were shutting down and those are places that I would spend a lot of time um, especially with like my musician friends and people who were just involved in the creative scene that's where we'd spend most of our time so then all of a sudden there was no nowhere for us to go which I didn't notice the gap at first because I'd already gone, um, I went to uni in Coventry, so I was out of London. When I come back, I'd realise, okay, where's everyone hanging out kind of thing? And yeah, that was like kind of where it was birthed from. Okay, interesting. So music was always your thing even before you went to uni? Yeah, yeah, always my thing. I play the violin, so I've been playing that since I was like, like 12, 11 so music was always my thing. Did you used to play in orchestras? This is like a bit of an expose and I feel like it's something I probably need to say but I have done a few, I've played strings on a few of my friends projects and different artists and stuff like that but I never talk about it and I don't know why. Well this is your moment. It's actually my time to shine so I I am actually going to start not putting out tracks because I have no desire to be an artist but I love doing covers of things um, or turning you know something you wouldn't expect to be played on a violin into you know something beautiful so I'm gonna start putting that stuff out online that's so cool were you, were you classically trained and then sort of started experimenting with doing covers sort of as time went on yeah so I started learning in school um because we had to you know like they you had to pick an, an extracurricular activity so I just picked that and then once I left school started taking it a little bit more seriously and um having lessons outside of school and then just continued on since then I mean I haven't I haven't played in a long time I'd say like about a year but it's you know it's like swimming I can still remember <laughs> this is awesome I love that we have discovered this about you <laughs> So going on to um, some of the other initiatives that you've been working with, we will talk about, you know, your role as, as a promoter as well, because it's very heavily seeded in here. So with Women Connect. Yes. You're also part of a Black Music Coalition. Oh, my God, the list just is endless with all of the organisations that you're part of. As I said before, like diversity and inclusion, supporting others and the creative community. Did that all come out of you coming out of uni and really going okay where where is everyone hanging out you've got like lots of youth community houses closing down and so was this like in an effort to bring people together so that they could you know flourish in their art in their area I'd say yes and no like it wasn't so we'll start off Women Connect that that was because I am part of the LGBTQ community and I have um, loads of female friends, trans friends, um, 
non-binary friends, just people who I, you know, really see as family and some of the opportunities. I mean, we all have a certain level of privilege and we're all impressed in some kind of way, but I'd see like the opportunities that I was maybe afforded weren't being extended to that community. And that like really, I don't know, kind of hurt. Because when you look at me, I guess most people see a black woman, but there's so much else going on and there's so many different layers. We're all literally like an onion. So like when I'd look at my friends, however they identify, it was just like painful to see that, okay, once I'm being my full self, my true self, that's when people are, you know, not wanting to work with me or being prejudiced or making jokes that they think are appropriate and you know stuff like that so that's why um I went to my friend at Sony and I said you know um I've got this idea I'd really love to form like a female collective or some kind of charity body um you know and I need some people involved and would you like to help me with it and she said yeah and at that point it wasn't really we didn't know what we wanted it to be I just knew that I had to do something because there's so many different companies that champion trans people non-binary people or women or whatever it is and I think there's a space for every single one of those and I think we need more and and it's so nice to see that okay this charity is dedicated to um, putting on this event and training and workshops for for women and then we're gonna maybe focus on trigger warning um like more pressing issues like trauma um so yeah that's that's why Women Connect came about and um I'm really happy that it grew into what it did because at first I was like am I even the right person to do something like this but I am because I'm a woman and I have experiences as a black woman as well and as you know a disabled black woman and just all the other things and everybody who's a part of Women Connect brings something that really special and their unique perspective so that was why that started and it's just grown into something really beautiful like we we do focus on the music industry and the creative um arts kind of world but we do also tackle just everyday problems that women um suffer or whatever topic we're talking about um for that month like we really try and like you know going hard and ex- explain to people and, and provide resources free resources as well because like I said when I was growing up a lot of the funding was cut for initiatives like this so if there's any favors that I can pull in or any funding that I can get then I just think it's always really important to kind of extend that to people who really need it mm. and at the moment what do you have coming up with Women Connect and what are some of the events that you're particularly proud of hosting We've had so many, but I'd say that the two events I'm so proud of um, running, first one is the R Mental Healthy Music event. I think the structure of it and the people we we got to speak was absolutely perfect. Like it couldn't have gone any better. It was such a smooth night. And we purposely kind of had um, an evening where no alcohol was available for that one because we always provide free drinks and free food at Women Connects, but we wanted to kind of have a sober evening and just make sure that it was being taken like 100% seriously and people who wanted to be there weren't just coming for like drinks and food. They they wanted to hear what was going to be said. So yeah, and I think it's important as well because there's so many different pockets of people, not everybody drinks. So having events that are, you know, completely sober as well to keep it inclusive um was important to us so I loved that event I thought that was really cool and the second one was our it was a few years ago now about two years ago but our period poverty campaign that one was so meaningful to me because I didn't even realize how bad the period poverty crisis in the UK actually was I've never like struggled to buy products but I have I guess when I've been out somewhere and I haven't 
like my cycles come early, for example, and I haven't had anything on me, I've always struggled to find free products. And I was like, how is that even possible? So yeah, was speaking to my team, they were like, well, you know, this company provides free products. And we did a lot of research and collected a lot of data around places that actually provide those um, sanitary products to women. And there wasn't that many, which is disappointing, but Things, things are slowly changing, but that was a really important um, event and one of the ones I'm most proud of because there was a lot of um, people in the room who weren't aware of the types of things we were talking about as well. So I was glad to be able to just do something like that. There's also something that, that you, you want to be able to kind of normalise people talking about that. And I think women are much better at doing it now, but there have been times when, you know, perhaps you don't feel comfortable about asking for a tampon or something that you might need because your cycle comes early or you're in a room full of um, males and they obviously won't have anything at all. Uh, Did you have a couple of speakers in that one? What was the sort of influence that you think everyone everyone left with? So we had um, speakers from different companies, some who provide um, like free sanitary products for girls in primary school and then others who were promoting like organic products and moon cups and things like that and then we had someone from a women's charity who spoke about you know some of the ways a cycle can affect like homelessness and different you know areas of trauma as well and it was nice because there was um there was a few men in the room who just like you know I find it awkward because like it's my mom or my sister or like da, 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 and it's like there's nothing to be awkward about it's a normal cycle of life like people have a period <laughs> so I don't really know what you want me to say <laughs> they have a period and they're gonna have that they've had them since the beginning of time and they're gonna have them till the end of time so you know just kind of get used to it and it's nice because now we've got um like free sanitary products in our office for example and I won't like shy away like if I need to take my tampon to the toilet I just take it out and walk to the toilet before I'd be you know trying to conceal it like tuck it into my bra or put it in my bag like there's no need for anything like that I mean if it just behave however you feel comfortable of course everybody's different but I don't know why I was personally shying away like I didn't I don't feel like you know I need to do that and we do need to normalize it because education is important no matter how you identify yeah, I completely, completely agree. Uh, Women Connect's been going on for a couple of years now. What is the impact of it that you've experienced to date? Quite a broad question. It's a broad question, but I think it's an important question to ask because I don't think I've ever been asked that, like, what is the impact of Women Connect? I'd say I think most of our impact lies in our events. I think we've created a real community of people. Um, the same faces turn up time and time again and also new faces. Every single time we do an event, it grows. And I do love that. Um, and the people that actually come to Women Connect as well, you can tell that they're there because they find it meaningful, they want to learn and they just want to be around people who are good people. Like the audience we have are really cool. Like I've made friends, like got quite close friends from um, people who just come to the events time and time again. And I think that's what's impactful about us, our community aspect. Amazing. Yeah, I think when you bring people together and they find similarities in those people, magic happens. You just kind of find, well, you can see people in areas that you may want to be in or potential collaborators on more of a creative project. And yeah, because we can we can be so behind like LinkedIn, for example, or other types of social media, but actually getting people in a room now that we can actually do that again 
It's amazing. It's like there's nothing like the atmosphere of being in a room. That's why I love like going to gigs so much because, you know, looking at stuff online is great and you can, you know, VR and streaming and all kinds of stuff. It's like you can incorporate all kinds into online stuff, but in real life, like there's nothing like the atmosphere of being at a show. Mm. Well, that brings us nicely on to what your current day-to-day is. So you've been working as a promoter for about five years um, at one of the, the leading gig promoters here in the UK. How did that come about? I feel like maybe that's a bit of an obvious question now that you've kind of shared a little bit about your background. But um, yeah, let us know. Well, I was, you know, doing the events and stuff um, alongside uni. It's been a long time now, like it would have been like five, six years ago. Um, so I was coming to the end of like my time at university. And I, at the time I was working in, I think like playlisting or something along those lines around the time. Again, I, I won't mention the company. It was, it was a cool experience um, though. And someone from the company that I work at now got in touch and said, hey, we've got um, an internship coming up and an assistant role coming up. We'd love you to you know come in for an interview or if you're looking for anything like that these are the roles and responsibilities and um didn't respond at first because I was quite happy in like what I was doing but when I looked further into it I was like okay this seems to fit me like I can just go for it and see what happens so I did go for it um, well, I went for the internship role, went to different departments, learned pretty much the ins and outs of the company and like what they wanted me to kind of grow into and um, ended up getting the job. I was not expecting it as well. Like, it's going to sound weird. I don't feel like I've ever really had a job interview. Like when I've gone for a job interview, it's always been like, OK, um, you know, someone at the company. So they want you to come in because they think this would fit you or like it's never really been like that daunting for me because I've always known there's like some kind of connector like why I'm actually here in the first place and there's a few places that you know you've you've applied to and then you've gone for a job interview and like not got the job interview but it still felt like an informal kind of conversation so I've never really felt like this overwhelmed by that kind of process but when I came in for the job interview I was literally so scared I don't even know why like it was a completely different kind of feeling you know I got on really well with um, the person that interviewed me and I just kept my fingers crossed I was really surprised when I actually did get the job I was like, okay it was such a like normal kind of chat I didn't feel like I was being quizzed or anything like that so yeah I guess there's everyone's got their ways of interviewing people but yeah got the job and then um after about four-ish months so like just after my probation period I was promoted to like a full-time member of staff and then became an assistant for one of the promoters working there which is great I did that for about I want to say it's a year but I think it was probably less than a year in my head because then it was only maybe a short time after that that COVID kind of happened but just before um COVID happened I got made a promoter now I've been building my well not now but it's been a few years now but like (laughs) then I started building my own roster so um yeah I'm still a promoter thankfully and I love my job it's a great place to work Um, I've made some really you know cool friends and um my best friend in fact is I met her at work so yeah I've I've really enjoyed my time there that's awesome. So you came in an, an intern and then an assistant and now full-time promoter. Just to give a little bit of clarity into, you know, what that actually means day to day, like what kind of skills and experience is, is needed there? What does a typical day to day look like? And I think maybe good to answer from like the internship assistant and now full-time promoter, given the, yeah, the array of listeners that we have at different stages in their career. 
So in my internship, my main responsibilities were looking. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. After things like guest list, and that would entail like so if someone had a show so there's let's say there's five promoters they all have different individual shows that they're um curating producing or you know organizing they would send the if someone got in touch with them and said hey can i be added to xyz guesses they send the name to me and then i'd create like an internal file like um a google drive that we could all access but somewhere you know safe that it was saved add the name to that specific show so I'd create a spreadsheet for that show add all the names for that show and then on the day of that show I would send those names to the promoter rep so as promoters um they do all the organization before like you know the ticketing marketing setting up all the links um production whatever it is and then on the day there's someone called a promoter rep who kind of physically looks after the show so they'll sort out the dressing room collect the riders do the advancing so on the actual day like none of us promoters do anything unless there's an accident or there's you know something goes wildly wrong all the numbers aren't right for example um but as an intern I would send those names over to the promoter rep and they'd print off the sheet and have someone at guest list um you know ticking off all the names or sometimes they'd you know give me a shout and say hey are you available to do guest list and I do the guest list um and that would be at the show yeah that'd be at the show like physically sit in the box office and do the guest list which is fun as well because you know you get to chat to people and it's just like you know you're at the gig it's all of those things I think are very character building so yeah that was cool as an intern but that was in like the promoting department so then I'd also go and sit with marketing and then learn how to do like sponsored ads um on Instagram and Facebook then I was I did like a stint in PR as well I used to write like blogs 
when I was like 15 or 16 so that kind of interested me like okay how can I still use my writing skills here um just to know how to do it like I was never going to go into PR but you know it's always good to know like okay what do they do so that those are like my roles as an intern I'd also go to like pretty much all of the shows just to learn how to advance or you know meet the agents the managers and create relationships with people so yeah I I learned a lot I learned how to like budget um, create the budget sheets for the promoters that I was assisting and it got to the point where they just completely trusted me so if there was a show you know coming up and they needed like a quick budget done for it and they weren't available let's say they're you know in a meeting or whatever it is they'd reach out to me and say hey can you do the budgeting for this show and then obviously I'd send it back to them and they'd have to approve it before I sent it over to the agent but then it got to the point where they were you know allowing me to then send the offers over to the agents for the artists and stuff like that and I just learned a lot it was only like four months worth of training but that's still like quite valuable but those are my day-to-days as an intern feels like ages ago now and it was to be honest feels like a lifetime ago yeah it's almost five years ago wasn't it yeah I mean it's almost been six now it's coming up to six yeah which is wow I I can't believe I've been here this long but I'm grateful (laughs) then I became an assistant and my roles were similar but just on I guess more of a an official scale because I was now like a full-time employee so I was able to access like the internal portals for example and, and things like that where I didn't necessarily have access to before as an intern I do a lot of diary collecting so if there was an artist that was coming over 2021 summer I would then you know go to all the different venues and collect all of the availability at their venues and send it over to their agent um so then they could pick dates that they wanted to go on tour still did the budgeting was doing less of guest list um because because i you know i said that let's say there's five promoters for example everyone's able to actually handle their own guest list so as i was you know given more responsibility or official responsibility with the promoter i was assisting i did less of like the stuff with other promoters like the you know um tasks that were just filled because i needed to learn how to do it so yeah i was doing less of that I was going to more meetings, which is cool. Like I did a lot of meetings. The guy I was assisting at the time, he's he's like a massive promoter. So he would take me to like all the meetings. We'd go to all the venue visits, recce's, meet a lot of artists. And that's when I decided, okay, I do want to be an official promoter. Like, I was doing it before because I'd been, I'd come from Boxback. I'd come from venues and done like hundreds of shows by that point. But at this particular company, I was like, yeah, I, I want to grow within this company. So that's when I got promoted to a promoter. And now my day-to-day is more, like we have different people helping us in the team there's a bunch of assistants who are an amazing group of people um we've got intern and then we all work quite closely together as promoters so if there's something I can't do or um if there's a show that's coming up that like one of my colleagues needs me to cover then you know I'll jump in and do stuff like that but it is like a lot of meetings to be honest like my day-to-day is back-to-back calls loads of meetings and one thing I'd say is like kind of the hardest thing is having well like you work the whole day and then you go to a gig in the evening I'd say I go to a gig probably every night that maybe bar one or two nights but there's always something even if, even if it's not a show of mine because obviously I it's impossible for me to have a show of mine every single night but there'll be another promoter for example who can't make their show because they're in a different country and they need you to cover it someone always needs to be there or yeah there'll be like a networking event that I need to be at because we've got one of our artists performing or like you know there's always a show so that was the thing I I think I found hardest because I wasn't as an assistant I was going to a lot of shows but they weren't necessarily my shows I was there were just shows I worked on so I didn't have to be there especially because the promoter would be there or you know someone else would be covering him like they wouldn't leave me to like kind of cover it by myself but now it's like oh my god there's actually something every night which is beautiful because I love I love the atmosphere I love being there but 
it's intense. It's so intense. So I'm thank God for the weekend. Well, yeah. I mean, so we, it sounds if you if you're going out every night, firstly you have to like really manage your energy. Yeah. And I think particularly like as you get older as well. And if you've been in a role for a while, you have different values and you have different um, priorities. Is that something that you've seen sort of shift as you've grown into your role? Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, before I was just here, there, everywhere, going raving, doing things with my friends. Um, And I still do those things, but it's definitely, you know, you have to manage your time now. So in the morning when I wake up and I do my calls um, or my meetings or whatever it is, make sure I actually have a lunch break, for example, because I used to just just work through the entire day and then go to a gig but I've noticed as the responsibility has you know increased I can't work through the whole day and then you go to a gig in the evening because I'm getting back in at like 11 12 at night and then waking up the next day and doing the same thing so actually taking a lunch break and breaks throughout the day and not feeling guilty about that is like very important to me and if I can't do something I just can't do it you know like there's so many things that you want to be a part of like so many initiatives outside of work that you want to be a part of but sometimes you just have to say no no matter how much it means to you because you'll just be spreading yourself too thin and I think I used to do that because I was so you know desperate to like make a difference and um do something meaningful and impactful and I still am but it you know I had to dial back a little bit yeah no you have to prioritize you're involved with Black Music Coalition UNICEF Music Group now the F-less you're a direct rat how do you manage those other commitments around your day-to-day as a promoter? Well, I only really say yes to things that I can fit in my schedule with kind of ease. So the F-list, for example, or like UNICEF stuff, um, there's only a few meetings a year. So I can fit those in, you know, like let's say there's like six meetings a year. I can I can absolutely do that. I'll find time um, sh- or shift things around in my diary to like make that happen. And with the Black Music Coalition, there's like a whole network of us, like a wider group of us. And I feel supported by everyone in there. There's like, you know, 20 other people. So if, you know, something's needed for that or, you know, we need to write an editorial piece or there's an, someone needs a quote for this or we're doing this event, like there's always someone that can kind of support you. So I don't feel overwhelmed by things like that. But it's, it's always hard to say no you know just want to be involved and like do things especially after like the last few years that we've had of being inside <laughs> not doing anything it's like okay right it's changed now so let's get back into the swing of things yeah and also I guess like that there might be a part of you that's like I've done it mm. yeah I think um as I've gotten older I have less FOMO like as a you know, a, a young adult, I would so upset if I couldn't make something so like devastated. But now I'm like, it is what it is. If I was meant to be there, I would have been there. So there's also that. <laughs> and I'm tired. For your next question, I was just going to say, like, I don't feel like I actually really explained what my day to day as a promoter is. I said lots of calls and lots of meetings, but that's just like one part of it. Um, okay, go for it. Let's go. Let's go in. I have to admit, um, before coming before coming into this conversation, like I've got friends who are promoters, friends, boyfriends, but um, I I actually really didn't know what promoter does day to day. Hence my question, because I was thinking, well, we know the companies, but what do you actually do day to day? Like my my sort of experience with the promoters is like you know being marketed a show of like you know you handed out a million leaflets when you're at uni, for example. 
Um, so I was like, okay, that's what a promoter is. Like you're getting people to come to a show. Same with clubs as well. You have people who are like, yeah, come to my club night. But that's only one part of it. That's so funny to me because people like, it doesn't happen often, but I've been asked a few times like, oh, can you get me into like, I don't know, something in Mayfair. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I realised that they confuse club promoter with promoter, which I guess are the same thing, but not really the same thing because a club night is a club night and a tour is like totally different to a club night. But yeah, I'm not a club promoter, guys. <laughs> Although I'd love to be. I think it'd be quite fun, but I feel like my time is time's passed my day today is like morning i wake up i'll try and get most of my calls done between like 10 and probably 1 p.m take a lunch break at some point so the calls will consist of things like maybe i'll jump on with an artist and they'll say okay i've got an album coming out and i want to do um two regional dates and then one london date can you find me can you route me a tour basically so i'll talk through all of that with them or if it's the agent i'm communicating with or the manager it just depends on who it is in their team i'll do those kind of calls and i'll have about three of those because you know everyone's got like quite an extensive roster so there'll be consistent touring happening like every single day so once I've done those calls sometimes I'll go to like a venue so if it's a new venue I want to check out see the sound um or take an agent there so they can see um or sometimes the venues come in and like our office and do presentations about you know what they've done with the refurbishment or any new hire deals that they've got going on they'll come in and speak to us um that also be part of like our day-to-day budgeting is like a big part of my day-to-day so we have this thing called offers and i spend probably hours working on offers for different artists are putting like the ticket prices the capacities of the venues the venue hire yeah any kind of like overheads that'll be associated with the tour like production then I'll speak to our marketing teams and see what you know if they can put together a marketing plan for artist a and then I'll shoot that over to them and it's a lot of back and forth over email a lot of phone calls um and a lot of like meetings venue visits I spend my time like a lot of time in venues so that's like my day-to-day then I will finish work go to a gig probably get dinner with like my colleagues and then we'll go to a show and then go home do it all again the next day (laughs) well what would you say your hours are is is it like a 9 10 a.m start and then what finish at 11 what how when would you usually start your day i'd start my day about 10 a.m yeah i think any earlier than 10 a.m i I just can't do it it's just too much for me um and then yeah probably about 11 p.m finish but again, like that sounds so taxing, but I just really enjoy it. Like I actually love the life I live and the job that I have and the work that we do. Like it's so fun Like when you're on a tour and not every day you're, you know, if you go on a tour, like there's not back to back shows. You'll maybe like have a show on a Monday and then you've got the Tuesday off and then have a show on the Wednesday. And like, you know, it'd be spread out. So it's not like every night constantly, especially when you're like, you know, like myself, I'm chronically ill, so I can't do those kind of things I never know when I'm going to have like an episode so I have to be (laughs) careful is there a lot of traveling involved then as well so if you're going to to venues and viewing venues that you know there's some travel involved in that but is that more sort of locally based because you're you're based in London aren't you yeah yeah I'm based in London but I'll go to like a Leeds if there's a new venue in Manchester like I'll go up there as well the tour's for some of the artists that we have there'll be like three four five cities in the UK so we'll you know we're out of London as well um up and down so yeah there's a lot of traveling which is you know very time consuming but it's so you gotta do what you gotta do yeah and if you love it I I I love how much you love what you do like it really really comes through (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I really, I'm having a great time. <laughs> yes, love that. Would you say, because obviously you're, you're quite connected with the artist community and also like the business community in terms of like the network that you have and then also venues. Is that something that has worked well in your favour with the other initiatives, for example, Women Connect that you're involved with? Yeah, for sure, because we usually do, you know, Women Connect in, we use like the same kind of space every single time, but one time we weren't able to use that space because they had some um, construction going on. And we need to divide a ve- like find a venue within like two days. So having that kind of, that network is, is really important because now I know who to call. Like I know which venues are going to be able to like cut me a deal. I know which venues are going to be free. I know which venues will do me a favour, you know, at the very last minute and try and make it work and try and get staff in that because, you know, they haven't pre-booked anyone to be in for this random show that's just popped up on a Thursday. So they have to pull their own favours in for, to help us. I think, you know, ultimately being kind is like super important, I think. The fact that, you know, making friendships and and relationships with people in the industry is really important. But like ultimately is the best thing to do is is just to be kind because people will remember kindness. And they used to think like, oh, it's such a dog eat dog world. And it is like, let's not lie. But I think kindness has got me really far. Like, you know, I'd like to think I've been kind to everyone that I've I've worked with. Obviously, we all have our days, but that's really helped me because now when I need a favour, I can get a favour and it's, you know. And I'd love to do favours as well. If someone needs something and I can help them, then why not? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think kindness is really underrated and it really builds you and your reputation as well. Not that that is something that is at the forefront of your mind when you're thinking about being kind, but, you know, being kind to yourself, I think also comes into that as well. Yeah, especially being kind to yourself. That's so important. And I, to be honest, I, I wasn't kind to myself for a long time, like, I would just be, you know, eating anything, drinking anything. And, you know, you can only do that for so long before your body starts to tell you that, okay, you need to slow down. And that's also part of, you know, well-being and and keeping yourself above the water. So I I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, So just quickly to touch on the what you do with UNICEF Music Group, because that is something I believe that you've started relatively uh recently what exactly is your role within that so we unicef music group they they kind of have like different subs so i work on something called blue vinyl and um obviously unicef is a charity so just raising money or fundraising to kind of help people just countries who have gone through some really like troubling times so blue vinyl essentially is you know getting artists who were huge to agree to us kind of um not using their music but like using their music in a way to kind of generate fundraising or funds for war-stricken countries the next one comes out pretty soon I kept, we're working on it at the moment it comes out pretty soon I, I don't think I can say who's actually on it but it's going to be like really amazing I think and it's going to generate a lot of funds I hope so because um there's a lot going on in the world right now and I just love what UNICEF do to kind of combat that so yeah being a part of that is really rewarding it's a lot of work but it's you know where you can chip in and, and pull in a favour you've got this massive artist that could maybe be a part of the campaign in some kind of way it's like you know beneficial yeah, absolutely. So I've got a big question for you now. What is the impact you aim to have across the board in everything that you do? Impact that I aim to have, I think, is, well, my main, main, main priority is to always be happy and helping people. I just want to be happy. Like, there's no need for stress. <laughs> helping people really makes me happy. And that sounds so cliche. And I know people have said it probably a thousand times before, but it genuinely makes me happy to, you know, bring an artist's 
idea to life, for example. So I, I really hope that's across everything I do, Women Connect, Acoustic Live, all of the stuff I do in the promoting world, UNICEF, Black Music Coalition, I just want people to be happy. And I want to use my resources to help them to achieve what they want to achieve because I'd like to think someone would do that for me if I wanted something or I needed help with something. Like There are people out there who would help me get across the line. And there has been people who have done that for me. So like, why not do that for other people? So essentially, that's the kind of impact that I want to have. I want to be remembered as someone who was um, able to help. So much love for that. And it sounds so simple as well, but it's like the contribution that you're able to have through all of the different initiatives is, it's awesome. Yeah, that's the drive, definitely. Of course, just to round off then, um, what is your go-to record? Like old or new? Can it be anything? It can be anything. Yeah, so this is a question that we always ask our guests at the end of the episode, just to bring in like a little bit of creativity rather than just always talking about the business side because obviously the music is what it's all about at the end of the day. Mm. So uh, can I say two? Yes, of course. So my absolute favourite track record of all time, like I, if you give me the aux cable, I'm going to play this song like people know it's going to come on if I'm in the room. I love Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. There's just something about that song I absolutely love. I don't know what it is. I think it's the vocal arrangement. I Karaoke, I'm doing that song. If we're getting ready, I'm playing that song. Everybody knows that I'm going to put this song on and I don't know what my tie to it is, but I think there's a spiritual tie there somewhere. But more recently, um, I've been listening to a lot of Odile and he's got a song called Coffee, which I think is amazing. Like I literally, I have played it every single day since I heard it. Um, So yeah, I'm running out. (laughs) That's my go-to record. Love it. And for anyone who is listening, who's interested in pursuing a career as a promoter, what is one actionable piece of advice that you would give them? Okay, if you're thinking about pursuing a career in promoting, Get to know the people inside the buildings, like the agents, artists are great, and get to know other promoters as well, because if there's some an opportunity, then they'll bring you into it. Also, managing people's diary, even if it's like your mum, uh, you're just helping her out of her diary, that really helps you get organised and learn how to route a tour with, like, your eyes closed. Sometimes I just help my parents with, like, their businesses because it keeps me sharp. So they're quite actionable. What else is Going to events, going to events and seeing how different artists perform, different set lengths, um, different levels of production, like go to an O2 Brixton or go to something at Electric Brixton, Electric Ballroom, um, the waiting room, like explore all these different places because once you get to know the venues, it's, it's like clockwork after that. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mellow Compass podcast. Let us know your thoughts, feedback and what you've learned from this episode by sending us a DM on Instagram at Mellow Compass UK or sending us an email on hello at mellowcompass.uk. That's spelled M-E-L-O-C-O-M-P-A-S-S. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.